Hey there, top teachers. Before we get into the episode, I wanted to chime in and announce that this summer we will be finally holding a live event. This event is designed to give you hands-on training in the areas of time management, organization, and productivity so that you can have the skills and strategies necessary to reduce your stress and develop a work-life balance. I mean, how amazing does that sound, right? (laughs) The date of this event is on Monday, July 25th, 2022 in York, Pennsylvania. It is a one-day workshop that will be held at the Terrace at Heritage Hills Resort. It's a beautiful space. Unfortunately, our VIP tickets have completely sold out, but we do have general admission tickets still available. Don't worry, the general admission tickets get you access to the main live event from 9 a.m. to 4 p.m., and you will still get to interact with Bridget and I during that time. If you want to learn more, you can head over to teachingonthedouble.com slash live event. Or if you're already sold, then head over to teachingonthedouble.com slash store and click on the icon for live event tickets. We can't wait to see you there in the flesh. <laughs> and now on to the episode. Well, hello there, top teachers. We are your hosts, Bridget Spackman and Michelle Emerson, and we are here to make your life easier by helping you master your time, organization, and productivity as a teacher. You're moving classrooms. These are the words that every teacher hates to hear. (laughs) Whether you're changing grade levels, moving schools, going to a new district, or you're packing up your classroom for good, we are sharing some top tips for packing up your classroom in an organized and productive way. Mm, I love this. I love some good packing tips. (laughs) But first, let's hear a time-sucking hurdle from Samantha. Samantha says, I was told that I would have to be moving into a different classroom. My building is doing a complete shift and there are over 10 teachers that are moving. I feel overwhelmed even thinking about having to move to a new room because I have over 12 years of stuff in my classroom. How do you even start with planning a project this big? Ladies, help. (laughs) Yeah, Samantha, I know that this may seem really difficult. When I left my classroom in Alabama to go to Pennsylvania, I had four years worth of hoarding that I needed to sort through. So instead of seeing this as a dreaded task, think of this as an opportunity to really sort through your items and declutter. This is a great time to try new ways of organizing and get rid of all that access stuff. (laughs) Yeah, Samantha, I felt this TSH in my soul because I went through the same thing. Even though I had only been teaching for six years, I had a lot of stuff. So when I taught fourth grade, they shifted where all the grade levels were in the building. So I had to move and I wanted to cry because it stressed me out. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I felt like my room, I'm like, it's exactly what I want. And now I have to like pack it all up. But exactly what Bridget said, this is a great opportunity to sort through your items. And then the great thing is as you declutter and get rid of things, you can gift those to any new teachers coming into your school. And then you'll basically be like Santa Claus. What a great feeling. But we also have some great packing tips we're going to share in this episode, which come from our experiences moving states, moving grade levels, and just moving classrooms within our building. So keep listening. You know, I really wish I had this 
like six, seven years ago when I was packing up my classroom. Oh, yeah. Um, I thought that I was doing a really good job of this, <laughs> but I will be honest and Michelle can like totally attest to this. I did a terrible job because my basement was completely filled with kindergarten items. Um, I moved across state. So I went from Alabama to Pennsylvania. And on top of that, I changed into different grade levels. So I spent a lot of money on items and I just like as a kindergarten teacher, I just didn't want to get rid of them. I was like, I spent so much money on this. Why yeah. am I going to get rid of this? I can use it. What if I go to kindergarten? I like played the what if monster in my head. And so I felt like I felt as though everything was important. And so I started to pack those items up. Girl, you should have seen my moving truck because we had one moving truck for our house and mm-hmm. my classroom. Mm-hmm. My classroom took up half of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. So that was good times. Yeah. I mean, I I feel you. So my experience with moving classrooms, I first moved across Maryland. So I moved from the Eastern shore of Maryland to the Western shore of Maryland when I switched from second grade to fourth grade. Then when I taught fourth grade, I had to move from one classroom within the building to another classroom within the building. And then I had to pack up all of my stuff to move from Maryland to Texas. And Bridget, I can relate to what you mentioned because we used a pod. So they packed it all up and they like shipped it for us. But probably almost half of the pod was all like classroom stuff, which now sits Mm -hmm. in a closet underneath of our stairs. At least a majority of it is all under there. I have some bigger bins of books that are out in the garage, but um, it's been a lot of packing. It's It's a lot. lot. (laughs) So basically what we're trying to tell you is that we're pros now. It feels like like, it. We are going to start this like top teacher, like packing pros, moving, (laughs) moving company. I don't know what's wrong with me today. I'm feeling super silly. (laughs) As you said that, I'm like, that's not a bad business idea. Do you know the number of teachers who would pay people just to cut, like come Uh move my classroom? Yeah. Business opportunity. If anyone wants to jump on that. (laughs) Wait, wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. We got that one. We've already got it. (laughs) Yeah. Because we need to add more to our plate. Come on. Come on. All right. So uh, we're going to be sharing 10 tips to help you pack more efficiently. Now, obviously, you should start early and purge as much as possible. I think that just kind of goes without saying. We're going to focus on the actual packing process in all of our tips. So if you can't start thinking about like taking things down in your classroom, I want you to think and just kind of keep into the back of your head like you can start to work on the behind the scenes. So the closets, the drawers, the cabinets, all of those things can start to secretly start making its way into boxes. Yep. But listen to this episode all the way through before you start doing anything. Because some of our tips, for example, tip number one, you want to do before you start packing things up. (laughs) Oh, yeah. So tip number one is to take pictures of your classroom. And when I say take pictures, I mean of everything, okay? Which no judgment if it's messy. But You want pictures of your classroom like actually set up like from all different angles. Mm -hmm. And you also want pictures of the inside of all of your cabinets and drawers. If you are going to be moving to another classroom within your school, you may also want to create a map of like where you have your different furniture items. That way you can actually leave it for the custodians and your room will probably be one of the first ones they set up because they're like, oh, I know exactly where she wants everything. But these pictures are going to be instrumental for you as you reset up your classroom, even if it's in a new state. 
you're going to be able to keep some of those same organizational systems and zones. So for example, like your cabinets, it's like, oh, this one has all my school supplies. If you have a picture of the exact way you had it set up, it's that much easier to put together once you actually move. Yeah. And I like to use our digital planner for that because I know like if you're anything like me and you have, I think I have like 3000 photos <laughs> in my photo, I like my photo piece in my phone, you can take those pictures and import them into like a blank page. And that allows you to be able to find it really quick so that next year you can just kind of jump right into it versus having to sit there and scroll and find all your pictures. I love that tip because I just looked at my phone 7,550. Ooh, you have way more than I do. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. Well, when you said that, I was like, huh, I'm pretty sure I can beat that number because of I have course. a lot of photos. Because <laughs> Michelle's competitive, guys. I'm not. <laughs> Trust me, that is not a, a game I want to win, but unfortunately I can. <laughs> All right. So tip number two is to create a want list. So as you clean and you purge things out, make a list of all of the things that you want to get over the summer. When you have your items packed away, and if you're anything like it used to be when I was teaching kindergarten, you literally had to have things packed up. And we had no storage within our classroom, which is kind of a blessing and a curse at the same time, but I had to place everything into boxes so that they could easily move them from one side of the room to the other so that that way they could clean our floors. Mm. Here, I don't have that. I can put things into closets. I can put things into cabinets. So it's a little bit easier for me to just kind of open a closet and see what I have. I couldn't do that in kindergarten. So you want to have an idea of supplies that you're low on, materials that you need to replace, new ones for your new classroom that you're either going to be going into or um, for the new year, if you were like me and you just have to have things packed up every year, have that little want list. So that way you're not coming in at the very beginning of the year and feeling as though you're running to stores every single day just to help kind of prep your classroom at the start. Yeah. And that way you can kind of keep an eye on all those sales that happen and you yes. can really take advantage of them, but you're not going to go overboard and buy like 10 million glue sticks when you already had a ton of glue sticks and they're going to end up going dry before you can use them yeah. all. That was a terrible example though, because glue sticks are never something you have a surplus of. <laughs> but you know eventually. what? Like I feel like composition notebooks for yes. me, I use those folders. Yep. I love those. And like Staples has the best sale. Like I think yeah. what it's like two cents or 10 cents, it's something absolutely ridiculous for these folders. And I'm yeah. like, I have to have like two or three sets of them. Yeah. It's fantastic. So that's perfect because it'll kind of keep you within your budget. You'll know what to buy and what not to buy. So yeah. <laughs> tip number three is going to be pack by zone. Bridget and I have talked a lot about setting up zones within your classroom. So kind of grouping items that are similar together. So I know when I think about my cabinets, I had one that was all like teacher supplies. So like my extra flare pens, my extra dry erase markers, and then I had one that was all like craft supplies for students to use. I had one that was all math manipulatives and so on. When you actually pack these up into boxes, you want to keep those items grouped together. Obviously, depending on the size of the zone, it may not all fit into a single box. Like you may need multiple boxes and that's okay. Just keep in mind, you don't want any single box to be too heavy. So for example, if you're packing up all your library books, you don't want to put them like all into one box, especially if it's a big box, because then you're not going to be able to lift that box. It's going to be way too heavy. So instead, maybe fill it half with box, box it, wait, no, don't fill it with boxes. 
I don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> Fill it half with books and the other half with like the bins or containers that you use to store the books because those are going to be nice and light. So it will kind of balance out the box. <laughs> yeah. And tip number four is perfect to go with tip number three. So while you're packing by zone, you also want to make sure that you're labeling your boxes by zone and list a few of the contents that are inside of it. So we recommend having some form of a template. Um, you can create this in a Google Doc or a Google Slide. You can have your name on it, your classroom number. And if you're switching classrooms, you might want to say, you know, classroom 25 with an arrow and you might say 28. So that way they know exactly which classroom it started in and which classroom it needs to be going to. We also recommend adding a few lines underneath so that way you can label a few of the items that are inside of it. Another great tip for this is to color code it by paper. So if you have like a math zone or a certain closet, you can do all of those in a pink paper and then maybe you have your library area in a blue paper and so on and so forth. It makes it a little bit easier when you're organizing and unpacking things so that way you don't have like this huge dumping ground that just looks crazy at the start of the school year. We also recommend that you take a picture of what's inside of the box before you seal it up so that you can see everything that's in there. You can add these to your digital planner. You can print them out and just kind of have it on the outside of it. It's really up to you on what makes it work best for you, but it is really helpful to kind of see what's happening inside of it. Yeah. And you know, as you were explaining that, Bridget, I kind of thought I would always recruit help while I was packing. Like, I mean, it ended up being Billy <laughs> all yeah. of the time. But if you have friends or family members that are going to come and kind of help you pack, which I know not everyone has that luxury, but if you do, this is a great task for them to do, right? Like, right. I know I was always very picky with packing the boxes because I wanted to make sure things weren't going to get broken and that they went in very nicely and I could maximize the space. And goodness knows, I've seen Billy load the dishwasher Playing yeah. Tetris is not a specialty, okay? Mm -hmm. So I wanted to pack the boxes, but <laughs> I could have him. He's probably listening to me outside this, and I'm going to get yelled at <laughs> afterward. I would pack the boxes and then have him just like list some of the items on the paper for me. So these are great little tasks that you can kind of assign to other people. Moving on to tip number five, which is along the same lines, number your boxes, okay? Yes. Oh my goodness, y'all. I'm sorry, but if you don't do this tip, like a box is going to get lost. I'm calling it now. So in order to kind of keep a log of all of your materials, because let's have, let's, you know, honest conversation here. Things have a habit of magically disappearing during the summer when they're cleaning the floors, moving things from room to room, or even if you're moving schools and you're juggling things like with your home and then also with your classroom, things get lost. Number your boxes. I recommend numbering them as you go. So like you pack the first box and you're going to label it one. Pack the second box, you label it two. At the end, once you know how many total boxes you have, let's say you had 45 boxes, you can go back and add a slash at the end and have the total number of boxes. So now box one would be written as one slash 45, meaning that's box one out of a total of 45. Or if you don't want to do that extra work and write it on all the boxes, whatever the final box was, take a picture of it so you know like, oh, 
box 32, that's my final box. That way, when you're going through all the boxes, you're like, okay, I better have 32 boxes or I know that something is missing. And again, if you took those pictures of the inside of the box, if box 14 is missing, you can always be like, oh, I know exactly what's inside there. You send out like a mass email to your staff. You're like, hey, has anyone seen this? Because it's not in my room. No, that's a fantastic tip. And to go along with that, tip number six is to label large items with painter's tape. I mean, I am a stickler a little bit about like my tables and which chairs that I have. I did a lot of hard work when I first started Mm -hmm. to make sure that I had the perfect chairs. (laughs) Like I went through that storage closet and was like, don't like this one. I want this one. And so I don't want those magically disappearing at some point. (laughs) So to do this, use painter's tape. Uh, what's really nice about painter's tape is that it doesn't leave any form of a of residue. Um, I know that I have like those big, what are those cube? I don't know what they're called, but there are the Ikea cubed shelves. Oh, that the Collax has. units. Collax, thank you. Yeah. So I know that there was one year I didn't put painter's tape on it. It was on like one little snippet of a corner. And then like it took some of that like um the top coating part off of it so you can kind of see it but painter's tape doesn't do that at all so you can label all of your large items um label this with the name and the room number as well you can also add the number of items to this just so that you can keep track of all of your large furniture items And I'm going to just add to that because as you were explaining, I was having a very horrible flashback. So (laughs) one year I used like the dollar store painter's tape because it was cheaper and it worked. It still didn't leave a residue. But here's what I noticed happened. I would put the tape on the item and then write like my name and room number on it. And I had these like kind of like exercise balls as part of my flexible seating. Right. And when I then took it off, the Sharpie that I used had bled through. (gasps) Stop it. I thought you were going to just say that it fell off. That's way worse. Yeah. So it like actually stained. So I recommend writing on the tape like while it's still on the roll and then putting it on the item. Although it worked out fine because then I had my name and room number in Sharpie on the ball. Like it it was fine. But uh, yeah, just little things you learn over the years. I like froggy (laughs) tape because it's green. Yeah. Yeah, it's my favorite one. I my my first uh, job was well, besides like babysitting, my first official job was at Ace Hardware. So I'm very familiar with frog tape. (laughs) Recommended it many times. Uh, Number seven is to use plastic baggies to organize smaller items. Listen, don't come for me, okay? I know there's gonna be people who are like, you're wasting plastic. In the name of organization and us all keeping our sanity, I'm recommending this. Plus, amen. My students would always bring in baggies and I always felt like I had a lot extra at the end of the year. So this was a great way to utilize them. But plastic baggies are great for those little supplies that you have in your drawers, especially if you have any drawers that already have like built-in organizers that you were using, because then suddenly when you pack it up, you're like, wait, do I just throw this all in a box together? No, no, no. You put it in a baggie first. Baggies come in all different sizes, so you can pick and choose depending on how much of the item you have. You got your snack size, your sandwich size, quart size, you got gallon baggies, and then you even have like the super gallon baggies that are even bigger. Like, I don't know what you would use them for outside of things like this. Cause I'm like, whose freezer is that big, but they're glorious. <laughs> These are going to keep your items separate and then you can pack them all together in a box since they're coming from the same zone. And you can even baggy within a baggie. You know what I mean? Like baggyception. Mm. Oh yeah. Like, <laughs> 
got you got your snack and sandwich baggies and you're gonna put those inside of a big gallon bag mm. oh man glorious she is <laughs> loving her some bags at the moment <laughs> all right so tip number eight this one has to be one of my favorites um use plastic wrap to enclose bookcases and books so I'm not talking about the plastic wrap that you buy like at the grocery store I'm talking about when you go to like Lowe's or Home Depot they have like these giant plastic wrap rolls. Now, I remember when I think I moved from Alabama to Pennsylvania, I had to use like two of those and I actually still have some of it left. Um, But what's nice about it is that they can, you can add things inside of your bookshelves. For instance, let's say that you had like a ton of bins. You can put the bins inside of your bookshelf and then wrap your bookshelf together. Um, That way it doesn't fall out and then it limits how many boxes that you have to get, you know, to be able to pack everything up. What's also really nice about it is that it helps to limit the amount of damage to your bookshelves. Now, to be fair, some of the bookshelves that I feel like we have (laughs) are probably not the safest at all because they've been handed down from teacher to teacher to teacher. And so Mm -hmm. they're a little wobbly, but you don't want them to get even more damage. So to prevent that from happening, you can just use plastic wrap and tighten it up. So that way when it moves, it's a little bit more structured versus it being so flimsy and wobbling all the way around. Um, I also really liked to use plastic wrap for my library books. So when I taught kindergarten, I had uh, bins of library for my library books and each bin had a specific theme. And so instead of taking those and putting them into boxes, I just took that bin and I wrapped it with that huge plastic wrap. And that way it was all together in that bin and I didn't have to worry about putting it into a box. So it was a little bit easier to kind of move around from one place to the other. Yeah, I remember my first classroom. I had a little a little cute white bookshelf that I had in my bedroom growing up. Oh, <laughs> and that no. thing. Oh, it was so wobbly. So wobbly. But um, when you put all the books on it, it's fine. Oh yeah. I mean yeah. it did its job, but I don't think it came with me when I moved from, you know, one side of Maryland <laughs> to the other because it was not gonna survive that trip. <laughs> okay. Number nine, I think this is the one I'm most excited about. Use items from the dollar store. So I found a lot of these hacks when I moved across the state of Maryland. I literally just went into the dollar store and I was like, I'm going to find ways to make this work. And I just walked around and thought about ways I could use different items. And I'm really proud of some of these. So one of my favorites, Bridget mentioned, you know, like wrapping up the books and whatnot. Let's say you're not even moving classrooms. You just have to kind of like pack up your room at the end of the year. Things get dusty over the summer. Like, I don't know where all the dust comes from, but if you do not cover things, they will be covered with dust when you return. So I always love to get plastic hair nets from the dollar store. They came in like a 10 or 12 pack for a dollar. And you could put those over top of any like open bins that don't have lids and it keeps all the dust out. And since the little plastic hair nets have the elastic, they just like fit nicely and it looks ridiculous. Don't get me wrong, but it gets the job done. They also typically carry these big like storage bags that kind of have like built-in handles. They typically come in like a three pack and I'm talking, these things are like the size of maybe five gallon baggies. Like they're very big and they're a thicker plastic. So I feel like they actually hold up and it's great for just kind of dumping any little loose materials like math manipulatives into Bridget. You have a question. Where do you find that? 
Um, in where the other like storage, not like kitchen storage, uh, but the section where like all the bins. organization, yeah, okay. that kind of section. Um, the next one is packing cubes. So within, you know, like like packing cubes for your like suitcase, like Bridget got yeah. me some actually yeah. uh, for my birthday this past year. So obviously the ones that Bridget got me are like really nice. These ones are not the nicest. Okay. They're from the dollar store, lower your expectations, but <laughs> they are great for just kind of keeping something separated within your boxes. So if you don't want to use those plastic baggies, the packing cubes are another great option just for kind of keeping things departmentalized. They also have like laundry mesh bags, like what you would put, you know, blankets and things or like your delicates into the laundry with. And those are great for any like stuffed animals that you have or just kind of those like weirdly shaped items. You can just throw them in a laundry bag and then be able to carry them with you. Similarly, they have vacuum seal bags. Again, are they the best? No. Do they get the job done? Yes. These are great for any like pillows or cushions that you have because once you put them inside, you can vacuum out the air and it's going to save a lot of space. Go is ahead. it the dollar store or is it now the dollar 25 store? Yeah, I didn't want to talk about that. I guess oh, technically I'm sorry. I brought up bad subject. <laughs> technically, they're a dollar 25. It's still cheap, okay? That's the it point. It is. Thank you for bringing that up. Bridget. Sorry. Now I <laughs> just ruined no, her whole day. <laughs> I'm happy you brought it up because if you didn't, there would be someone like leaving us a review and they're like, I love your podcast, but in episode 125, yeah. you said the dollar store. People are really interesting. <sighs> anyway. Okay. I just have like one more. Once again, if you're not like packing, packing, you're just kind of covering things at the end of the year. They have plastic shower curtains, Ooh, which are great idea. for, you can cover anything with those bulletin boards. You can just kind of cover like any open cabinets that you have. They're fantastic. So, you know, take an afternoon, walk around the dollar store and just think about how you can use different items. Cause it's crazy what you can come up with. Man, thank you for all those hacks. That's fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Welcome. Yeah. So the last tip that we have for you guys is to make a back to school kit. So this is a box that has everything you need for the beginning of the year, a stapler, some scissors, maybe a laminating machine, anything that you're going to use for that beginning of the school year time goes into the box. This takes off all the pressure so that you are not stressed about trying to figure out what boxes you need and what you have to unpack. You can do this slowly because you have the main box with all the important supplies. You can check out episode 21, Simple tricks to get a head start on the next school year. We talk a lot about creating this box and what you should put inside of it. And so we take you step by step by step. Go and listen to that. So that way you can get like the best ideal box for the beginning of the school year. Yeah. And you'll get some flashbacks to like COVID because I'm pretty sure we were recording that like I'm around COVID sure. time. Yeah. <laughs> Things are crazy. Yep. Okay. I'm going to quickly recap those 10 tips for you. Number one, take pictures of your classroom. Number two, create a want list. Number three, pack by zone. Number four, label your boxes by zone and list a few contents. Number five, number your boxes. Number six, label large items with painter's tape. Number seven, use plastic baggies to organize smaller items. Number eight, use plastic wrap to enclose bookcases and books. Number nine, use items from the dollar store. And number 10, make a back to school kit. 
And if you didn't already know, the new 2022 to 2023 school planners are now available. We have them for both tablets and Google Slides, and we have two different formats for you to kind of choose from. Those are now out and you can start planning for the beginning of the school year so that you can enjoy your summer without feeling as though you have to do so much work. So go and grab those right now if you have not already. You can check those out over on our website at Teaching on the double.com forward slash store. And while you're there, we would love for you to submit your TSH. We want to know what is sucking up all of your time right now. You can be featured right here on our podcast. And you never know, guys, we might be doing a time sucking hurdle episode at some point. So that is us sharing a lot of hurdles and how to overcome them. (laughs) Uh, We would also love for you to subscribe to the podcast so that you can get notified the next time we drop our new episode, which is on Thursday mornings. And we would love for you to leave us a review over on iTunes. It really does help us to get into the ears of so many other teachers out there. And we just love hearing from you. So until next time, be timely, stay organized, and be productive. Bye-bye. See ya.